All right, everybody, back at it again. Uh, it's Jordan, it's Will, it is Load the Box, yet another episode, uh, as we get to do extra episodes this season, uh, because we're playing in the playoffs on Sunday, Will. Uh, very exciting, very, you know, I, I, maybe surprising uh, to some people that, that didn't think that this team would immediately have the th- success that it's had. I'm excited, I know you're excited. I can't contain myself, so I got to shut up and let you talk a little bit. You know how? Th- what level of excitement are we at for a wild card game? I think, especially after the uh, the Giants have told us that our stadium is quiet, um, we're extra excited. I, I know the team is excited. I think they're chomping at the bit a little bit to get out there. The fact that it's only Wednesday is not driving just the fans insane, um, especially after you know sitting and not playing for half the game on Sunday. I think lots of the guys are ready to get out there and just get going. Um, Yeah, it's going to be fun. First home playoff game in five years. And you know that U.S. Bank Stadium is going to be rocking. There's no no winter storm this weekend, so we should be able to get everybody to the stadium, pack it with a lot of purple and white. So it's going to be fun. Yeah, I think that... I think that there's a lot – I mean, obviously, it's the playoffs, right? And I, I was listening to Kirk Cousins' uh, press conference today where he was kind of going into uh, – it. you try and treat the regular season like it's one game at a time and every game's your last game and, and all the stereotypes. But then he basically, or at least the way I took it, said, but that's – you know, we all kind of know that that's bullcrap and that's just kind of professional quarterback talk. Now it really is like – hey, this could be the last time these 53 guys on the roster or the 48 that are active on game day, the last time they all suit up together and they take U.S. Bank Stadium before next season even more change comes as Kwesi slowly begins to change this Vikings team into what he thinks it should be rather than what Rick Spielman had it. And, um, you know, it's an exciting time. Uh, I've said the word exciting like 27 times because it – I really am amped about this game. We've already kind of talked about the Giants because we just played them on Christmas Eve. So we played them like two or three weeks ago. So I don't want to spend too much time rehashing all of the same takes that we had. But I do want to bring up one take that I had in that show. And I want to, I want to pose a question to you. Um, I said that the Giants lack of a true number one receiver could actually be kind of dangerous because it could be any any guy that is listed as a wide receiver could end up being the guy that goes for like a buck 25 and two touchdowns and Richie James ended up having a pretty solid day against against Minnesota at least I believe it was Richie James um do you still stand in like the what do you think of the Giants wide receivers because I think that's the weakest point of the offense for show yeah, that it's it's a really good a really good angle, a good question to ask. Um cuz I was thinking about that as well. Isaiah Hodgins was <clears throat> talking smack with Patrick Peterson during the game and you know, you you remember how that turned out for him. Um Richie James had a good day. Both James and Hodgins had eight receptions. Um 90 yards for James, 89 for Hodgins. So they were both very productive. Um Darius Slayton was not as productive, but those, those two were definitely the, uh, the ones who hurt us on Christmas Eve. Um, Kenny Galladay, he's an interesting one, right? He, uh, 
he hasn't hardly played a snap all season um injuries um lack of performance and then on sunday when when they're just playing their starters and daniel jones is holding a clipboard kenny galladay has a spectacular one-handed catch for a touchdown um over darius slay in the back corner of the end zone darius slay slay defending darius slayton um so there's no true you know number one there's there's no Amon Ross St. Brown. There's no DK Metcalf if we were facing the Seahawks. There's no Christian Watson. I think I think there is maybe potentially that little bit of a sneaky, sneaky sort of you know matchup problem for the Vikings where they have multiple decent receivers, so you can't really cue on anybody. But I would say this in terms of the Vikings for um, maybe their edge. Duke Shelley has come out of nowhere and he has been outstanding. Like there's no two ways about it. Duke Shelley has posted, I believe it's a sub 60 passer rating against um, that's elite folks um, in his five or six games that he's played considerable minutes. Patrick Peterson is still no slouch. He's got five interceptions on the season. So, and also Pat P and this defense saw these giants sneaky, good receivers on Christmas Eve. And so they're not going to be surprised. They're not going to be caught off guard this time around. I don't think Isaiah Hodgins is going to quite have the game that he had on Christmas Eve. I think Patrick Peterson will make sure of that. Um, but I will say one thing. If Ed Donatel brings out the shell and they're giving up seven, eight yards a pop like they had at previous times of the season and like they did on Christmas Eve, those guys could have another productive day. Um, so... There's uh there's there's a lot of gamesmanship that will go on here. They they have tape on each other. They have experience against each other. Um, this game is as much about coaching as it is the players. Yeah, I I think that it's real. It's funny because the the like the game was so recent. It is not like we mm-hmm. played them in week three, and you know it like I feel like teams that played San Francisco earlier in the season that now have to play them like a second time potentially completely they, different yeah they they have a new quarterback playing like you know everything that so much has changed about that team uh like the Vikings are still you know same guys are going to be out there I don't think I can't remember exactly in that first Giants game what the injury report looked like but like I don't think that we were that banged up outside of like, you know, Duke Shelley was stouting and maybe at that point, you know, Shelley was still playing because Dantzler was, was sick or injured or whatever. And, but that doesn't matter because he ended up taking the stouting job. So it's going to be Duke Shelley out there again. So I don't know. Um, I don't know how you approach this because I, obviously neither team held anything back in that, in that Christmas Eve matchup. So I'm hoping that Kevin O'Connell did not completely empty his bag of tricks and i've seen some interesting speculation going on around twitter and and on some other vikings podcasts talking about how maybe kevin o'connell the last month month and a half of the season once he gets towards the goal line even kind of in the red zone he's kind of clammed up and just started calling very like preseason type game plans to try and save up the good plays for, you know, when we need them in the postseason, And I don't know that I buy that. I think that that sounds good and it might help you sleep better at night thinking, Oh, I'll, I'll, 
goal line struggles as of late, uh, red zone struggles as of late. Uh, maybe that's by design. I don't, I don't think you do that on purpose for that long of a stretch. So I don't know. Those, those definitely some things the Vikings offense is going to have to overcome in this game that they've been kind of doing to themselves. And I think one of them is creativity by Kevin O'Connell in that red zone area. What, what's something I'm trying to like bring some unique takes out. What's some, what's some unique things that you see in this, in this matchup? Yeah, I mean, just a quick thing on your comment there. I noticed that the touchdown that Adam Thielen had on Sunday was, I'm pretty sure, the exact same design as he had in the, for his touchdown against Indianapolis. Um, run fake to the right, him and Osborne, and I believe a tight end fake block, and Thielen leaked out behind it. Same touchdown, same pass. Same, like, So there might be something to it. I haven't studied it deep enough to really have a reasonable take on that but um i think something that is interesting to me in this game is the vikings offense so i mean okay so the vikings have had this sort of you know they can't beat anybody by more than seven points or eight points and all that and you know the giants are going to come in and beat them that Giants game on Christmas Eve was a very strange one insofar as the Vikings didn't play particularly well offensively. Um, I don't know if you remember that game terribly well, but there was stretches and it wasn't just the third quarter, but there were stretches where it was just lulls. Um, They score a touchdown early ish in the game. Other than that, it's just a bunch of, you know, moving the ball for a couple first downs and punting and, Kirk Cousins got away with two interceptions. Um, They went into the fourth quarter with 10 points. And yet it never felt in that game like they were going to lose. And that's not just because they've always come back and they've always, you know, pulled off the ups or pulled off the miracles at the end. It's just that for whatever reason, the Giants never really put much of a scare on that game. And again, maybe that's because the Giants didn't bring their A game that day either. But I think we're seeing something with the Vikings, and I'd hope to I'd hope to see something with the Vikings in this game where they can string together more successive, successful offensive drives. Um, I don't even care if you score ten points in the third quarter. Just put up like give me some life um, outside of the fourth quarter where they you know scrambled together, put up seventeen points, and came out with a win. Um, so I think there might be there might be something to that and maybe on the flip side, and maybe this is just me being a Homer, but the giants have struggled in the second half of the season. Um, You know, there's a lot of praise being heaped on Brian Dable and rightfully so he took a bad team that I thought would win no more than six games to the playoffs. Um, There's something to be said for that, but they really scuffled down the stretch and they had to, they, they could have clinched the playoffs probably three or four weeks prior, and it took them until week 17 to do it. And so they have not been playing their best football. The Vikings did not play their best football against them in week seven, 16. So I think this game has a chance to be not as close as everybody's making it out to be. Um, I'm still a cynic. I still think that I can't pick this team to win a game comfortably until I see them do it against a good team. But um, that's kind of an interesting thing that I'm looking at is like, okay, who do we get from the Vikings and are we going to get 
all of a sudden the Giants reborn from you know first half of the season, or are we going to get the same sort of general gradual decline that we've seen ever since they started six and two and six or six and three? Yeah, I feel like there's this idea about the Vikings right now, and and this is another thing. I I just observe Vikings content all the time, and so I kind of like I feel like I'm very in touch with what some of the popular, specifically local narratives are. Like, obviously, I know the national ones because I love listening to, you know, Fox Sports 1 and ESPN and all those guys. But, like, the the local narratives are the ones that are kind of interesting to me. And there's this local narrative that the Vikings are, like, limping into the playoffs as this wounded team. And from a physical standpoint, yeah. Like, you know, there's a chance that we're going to be stouting you know, two-fifths of the offensive line are going to be backups. The center might be a third string. Like, I, I understand that, you know, physically, yes, we are a little banged up. But in terms of, like, wins and losses and momentum, if you are a big believer in momentum, which I don't know how you couldn't be, the Vikings, you know, went 3-1 and one to close out the season, which I think is, is pretty solid. Um, and really, after the Cowboys game, they only lost two games. And, you know, they, I like... I don't know. I just, I'm a fan of what the Vikings did to end the season. It, they're not on a 10 game win streak like San Francisco is, but I think that's a bit extreme. <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't think you see many 10 game win streaks in the NFL. Um, and if you do, it's usually a team that like stouts 10 and 0 and then they like lose to Washington or something like the Eagles did. So, um, yeah. I just, and they end up being like the one seed. So I just don't think the Vikings, I don't think they're limping as badly as we think they are. I think the offensive line looked solid against Chicago. Granted, Chicago does not have the Giants' pass rush, but I, I, I don't know. Uh, Chris Reed gets another gets a week to learn the snap count and actually know what Kirk wants to do. It's going to be a home game, which this is something I heard on ESPN. Uh, ESPN giving the Vikings fans a lot of praise, or maybe it was NFL Network, I can't remember, saying that we have the smartest fan base in the NFL because we understand quiet when the offense is on the field, very loud when the defense, well, not very loud if you ask the Giants, but um, very loud when you know our defense comes out. And so I, I don't think there's going to be communication issues on the offensive line. Uh, I think that the crowd is going to be silent let them communicate, let them get the snap counts. All that's going to be fine. And I think that Kevin O'Connell is going to, I mean, he schemed Garrett Bradbury into being a top 10 PFF center. I think the man can make Chris Reed walk out. Um, you know, even if it's just a bandaid. Uh, so I don't know. I, I think we both are kind of having a good feeling about this game. I want to get to your pick first, just because I don't know, I'm selfish and I don't want to put the, I don't want to, want to you know do my gimmick that i'm going to do for my picky quite yet but um let's not let's save game balls let's just do the picks right now how do you see this game going and and i mean most importantly what's the final i think it's going to be it's going to be competitive the giants are not going to lay down but by any stretch um i think it's pretty clear that it, i think the vikings will win um However, it's not going to be as much of a nail biter as we've seen throughout the season. I think the Vikings will will be able to assert a little bit more control over the game. Um, <clears throat> and I mean something that something that I mean you mentioned, you know, the offensive line. And if you remember, you know, five months back, we were talking about Chris Reed potentially, and we a lot of us thought he should have started on this offensive line. Now it wasn't at center, 
but a lot of us thought that he was going to be someone who would actually start in this game and starting this season. And so for us to just sit here and think that he's a scrub is, I don't think that's, you know, I think that's fan fan hyperbole, quite frankly. And um, he's had a very successful career. He's been a very serviceable offensive lineman. The Colts um, rushing attack has not been quite as good without him this year, interestingly enough. And so I think the offensive line will be fine. The Giants have a have a good pass rush. It'll make the game interesting, of course. But I think this offense will hum a little bit more. Um, they've been on the road for a couple weeks now. I think they're ready to get home. There's been a little bit of sleepwalking going on, just in the sense of, okay, we're already in the playoffs. Um, there's not as much to play for when you're already locked up with three, four weeks to go in the season. And so... I like the Vikings. I like it a little more comfortably than we've seen throughout the season. I think it's going to be 27-22. The reason why I end up having it a one-score game at the end is, frankly, just because I think the Giants are going to have to scramble at the end. Um, And they'll make it look more respectable. They'll get a touchdown at the end to pull it to within within five, have an opportunity for a two-point conversion, but they won't convert it. And onside kick and the game is over. So I think, um, I think it's going to be competitive, but I don't think the Vikings are going to allow the fighting Daniel Jones, New York giants to scare them as much as they did on Christmas Eve. Um, I think, I think there's a little too much pride in this locker room. I think there's a massive advantage um, to have a home game. So that's what I like. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm on the, not the other side of the fence, we're on the same fence, but I would say that you are kind of standing near the fence, you know, talking to the neighbors, smelling what they're cooking, you know, complimenting the shrubs. Um, meanwhile, I'm doing cannonballs into the swimming pool um, in the middle of the yard because I'm taking the Vikings to double the Giants up 34 to 17 in this game. And I can't quite do everything justice with the bucket hat on. So I do have to bust out, for the first time in Load the Box history, the uh, Minnesota Vikings Lucha Doll Mask, which is my one of my favorite things that I own. I've owned it for many years. And it looks goofy with the glasses on, but I would like to be it's able a great to see. Look. Um, and it also looks goofy because like I can like feel my beard hair sticking through it and, and my green screen thing doesn't know what to do. Um, yeah, so I'm taking the Vikings 34-17 in this one. And, and I'm just... I don't trust Daniel Jones in a playoff game. Do I trust Kirk Cousins in a playoff game? Yeah, I've seen him win one. I've seen him win one against Drew Brees uh, in in New Orleans. I mean, with a dagger throw to Adam Thielen in overtime and then a touchdown pass that maybe could have been P.I. on Kyle Rudolph, but a touchdown pass nonetheless. And so I, I just... I don't think the Giants are the team that I, I'm not okay with the Giants ending our season. If we go play San Francisco and we get stomped, okay, that happens. It's San Francisco. They would be on an 11 game winning streak at that point, and they uh, everybody's picked to go to the Super Bowl from the NFC this season right now. So I I just don't think the Giants are it. I think that this Vikings team is going to have way too much to play for. They're going to be way too amped up. U.S. Bank is going to be way too excited to finally, for the first time in the Cousins era, have a home playoff game in U.S. Bank. 
And like, I just, I think that there's way too much for the Vikings to let it go. In terms of what's going to happen in the game, I will debut my game ball now. Um, I, I think that it's it's pretty obvious, you know, it's the playoffs. The lights are going to be shining. I don't care that it's only a 3-30 game. The lights are going to be shining. The TV cameras are going to be on. Everybody's going to be watching. And who just loves to show up when the lights come on and the cameras are on and the Everyone in the nation is watching football. It's Justin Flippin' Jefferson. That man is coming to play. He, I don't care if he's got the afro, if he's got the braids. He might put his hair in dreadlocks like K.J. Osborne. I don't know what he's going to do with his hair. The girl's going to be in. The goodie's going to be out. I'm predicting a two-touchdown day for Justin Jefferson. And uh, I'm going to say 140. I'll just say I'll just say 150, but like in that ballpark, it might not be exactly 150. Maybe maybe a couple yards shy, but I think Jefferson's gonna have a huge day for the offense. The offense is gonna get at him early and often, and I think this is a game where the Vikings are at like 31 in the fourth quarter, and they really like I don't want to say they take their foot completely off the gas, but they just kind of just chew clock, and they get a late Greg Joseph field goal to you know push it up to a three possession game again, and um. I don't know. I just, I, I like the Vikings to just take control, keep control and let's go play next week's game next week. And you know, Hey, maybe we get lucky in Seattle bounces San Francisco and we get another home playoff game before going on to, you know, potentially play the Eagles in the championship game or Seattle in the championship game. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens, but that's my predictions. I'm going to take my mask off now. Ooh. Yeah, I was going to say either take the mask off or fix the glasses because it's yeah. distracting. <laughs> <laughs> Something oh. on San Francisco. Um, we will – I'm just going to say it now. We'll have plenty of time to talk about San Francisco next week because there is a very good chance that they will beat the Seahawks and that, you know, according to most people that – Hopefully the Vikings win. Let's just put it that way. And I guess I can't even say most people. I think most of the bets are actually on New York right now, which is just typical. But San Francisco, you mentioned the 10-game winning streak. There's something about this franchise that's just weird. They start every season really slow. And then all of a sudden around week six or eight, Kyle Shanahan's like, well, I guess we should start trying now. And they rattle off five, six, seven, ten wins in a row. Um, I remember last season they were dead to rights against the eventual Super Bowl champs, Monday night football at home. I think they were like one in four or something. They were talking about benching Jimmy Garoppolo, putting in Trey Lance just to see what they had. They blow out the 14 or they blow out the Rams at home and go on this massive win streak, end up in the NFC championship game. Anyway, I think there's something obviously that they have this ability to go on these runs their defense is just suffocating. You don't want to face that defense in the playoffs, especially at their place. I do think they're going to win Saturday. I think they'll, I, I, they're my pick to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. But there's they still have a rookie quarterback who's played five games. We, we're all worshiping the, the ground on which Shanahan walks, and rightfully so. He's been a very good coach. However... This quarterback has played five games around there, maybe less, and he's going up against a very savvy defensive coach in Pete Carroll, whose defense now has been down over the last few years, but he's a veteran coach. He's been here before. He's won a Super Bowl. He's not afraid of any moment. Um, he's playing with, you know, talk about house money. Seahawks are playing with house money. No one thought they'd be here. Everybody thought they'd, everybody thought they'd have four wins. So... 
there could be a sneaky upset happening. A division game is never easy. Ten when you win ten games in a row, also there's a there's a little bit of a target on your back. You've you've earned the right to have a target on your back, and it's kind of like being the New England Patriots in the playoffs. You know, you're on this hot streak. You go eighteen and zero. You end up in the Super Bowl against the Giants, and you have this pressure that you've you've earned for yourself. So there is something to be said that these 49ers could end up slipping a little bit. They get tight if they fall behind. Um, they've only been used to winning over the last three months. I don't know. There's something there. I think the 49ers will win. But it's it's not ridiculous to think that Seattle could come out of San Francisco with a win on Saturday. I, I do want to point out, and before, just quickly before you get to your game ball, I don't want to say that being on a 10-game winning streak is a bad thing, and I don't want to say you know, sweeping a team in your division is a bad thing. It is very difficult to beat a division rival three times in a season, and it is, to me, the longer a win streak goes, like they usually get broken. And that's like, yep. it's just, it's weird and it doesn't make sense. Cause you would think like, Oh, they've won 10 straight. They're going to win, you know, FOMO games. They're going to be Super Bowl champions. No question. But like just the, the way that history has happened, you know, teams that go on big win streaks, they get broken at some point. And I don't know a good analogy for it. I don't know, you know, any metaphors or anything like that. I just know that if you look through the history of the league, not many teams go on that long of a win streak without slipping at least once. And it can be something as bad. It could be your your rookie quarterback has a bad day and throws a couple picks. And all of a sudden you find yourself, you know, with Pete Carroll trotting his kicker out in the wild card weekend to kick a game-winning field goal. And he drills it. And holy cow, Seattle just got eliminated by the seven seed what happened like what you know how did this happen and so i don't know it again that's not a bad thing to go on long win streaks i i would take san francisco's 10 game win streak i would take san francisco's sweeping of that team but um i don't know it's just something to think about i don't think it's going to be as i I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that san francisco automatic they didn't get a bomb no i mean they have to play an nfl team for sure so yeah and and they have a yeah, I mean, they they have a quarterback who has literally never been here before. He played at Iowa State last fall. Yep. And, you know, this league is so much about quarterback play. And obviously Shanahan has been able to to build teams that can win with any quarterback. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo made a career playing for Kyle Shanahan. And so obviously he's a fantastic coach at coaching offense. But this league is way too much about quarterbacks to just assume that San Francisco is going to just cruise on into the Super Bowl. Um, so anyway, my game ball, we're, we still got a game to play here um, <laughs> on Sunday in, in Minneapolis. Um, I got Delvin Tomlinson. Um, he's been, ever since he's come back from injury, he has been a force in the middle. Obviously, the Giants are going to run the heck out of the ball. They have one of the best running backs in the league, and you and I both know that Saquon Barkley can ruin a game. Um, He almost did on Christmas Eve. Um, So that's definitely something that the Vikings will have to be paying attention to. But Delvin Tomlinson, one of the Vikings' best run stuffers, um, and also he's sneaky good at getting to the quarterback. Um, He sacked Aaron Rodgers on a fourth down in Lambeau. Um, he puts hits on quarterbacks far more often than you would think for a guy of his stature. And just like I've said so many times this season for players going up against their old team, there's a little bit of extra fire. 
Dalvin Tomlinson in two ways, has, three ways has that fire. He's got his former team, he's in a contract year, and it's his first playoff game. You put those things together, he's going to come off, come out of the blocks hot. Um, I think he's going to, I'll, I'll say he gets a sack. I think he's going to get to Daniel Jones. Um, I think he'll have a very, very productive day. Um, defensive tackles do not get the same level of cachet as defensive ends um, or even linebackers, but I think he's going to have a very, very productive and um, disruptive day in the middle of that defensive line. So Delvin Tomlinson, big number 94, gets the game ball, um, and he will keep that one for a long time. Yeah, I think that's an excellent pick. Um I, we're running short on time here, and so I'm going to quickly give final thoughts. Uh, Shop Unified Athletic. Follow the show at LTB Vikings. Check us out wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to the YouTube. Sub- uh, follow Will on Twitter at WillBadBlues. Uh, check out Vikings Territory and the Bad Loser blog. Okay, all of that is out of the way. Uh, final thoughts for tonight, super quickly. Uh, one, loved what uh, Harrison Phillips said about Dalvin Tomlinson, how – you know, he was a menace in college, like in the playoff or in the bowl games that he was in, and then came to the league and he's never made the playoffs. So, you know, he could be a completely different beast in the playoffs than than in the regular season. And um, I would love for Harrison Phillips to be right about that. I, I thought it was funny. I loved that he said that. Uh, Harrison Phillips is a, is a great guy. I love him. Um, this is going to be a very fun game. I've said it all season. We're playing with house money and... You know, I'm just so excited to come on Monday night and win, lose, or draw. We will be here Monday night. We will break down the game, and if we're too heartbroken about the game, if if you know something bad does happen, uh, maybe we'll just talk about the division and how the Lions are probably going to dominate it for the next 20 years with Dan Campbell, <laughs> and how you know uh, Chicago should definitely trade Justin Fields and draft you know uh, what's his name? Will not Will Anderson? That's the linebacker. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Will Levis. Um, not, no, not even Will Levis. It's the Bryce Young. I couldn't think of Bama's quarterback's name. But um, that's all for me. I'll pass it off to Will to uh, to get his final thoughts in and get out of your hell. I said it on Monday. I'll say it again. If you are going to the game on Sunday afternoon at 3.30 p.m. Central Time, wear your purple, wear your white, do the skull chant just like my kids have been doing all throughout the house this week. And scream at the top of your lungs. Please, when you leave that stadium on Sunday afternoon, whether we win or lose, I hope that you cannot talk on Monday for work and you have to take the day off. Absolutely. If you go to the game, scream your lungs out because this is going to be an absolutely electric electric atmosphere if you do. I mean, come on. It doesn't get better than this. First-year head coach, first-year new front office. Um all the things have gone magically for this team. It's been an absolutely amazing, fun, out-of-this-world season so far, but it ain't over. And the team talks about it all the time. We talk about it all the time. Being a fan of this team means you actually get to contribute. And when you go to the stadium, that is your best chance to contribute, to make it loud and uncomfortable for the team wearing red, white, and blue, and gray on Sunday afternoon. That's all we got. Vikings Giants Sunday afternoon 3:30 p.m. It's on Fox and if you're not watching on TV and you're at the game be loud. Skull y'all.